Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cult Classic Podcast. Cameron Jones here along with... Jordan Jones. Uh, we're, and if you're wondering how much I had to... I, I've been fighting to... Yeah, baby. Like, that's that's all I want to do. I, what do we I did tell myself I'm going to try not to do stupid quotes, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. We're giving you... Uh, well, I told myself that's all I'm doing. Well, we'll see what happens. We're giving you the 1997 blockbuster, Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Austin Powers is a world-class playboy and part-time secret agent from the 1960s who emerges after 30 years in a cryogenic state to battle with his nemesis, Dr. Evil. The world is a very different place for Powers. Although he may be in a different decade, his mission is still the same. Teaming up with his former partner's daughter, Vanessa Kensington, the duo must use all of their cunning and mojo to defeat the evil doctor and save the world. If he were any cooler, he'd still be frozen, baby. This movie did have almost an Anchorman amount of annoying quotability at the time, where kids were always doing the yeah, baby. Directed by Jay Roach. Starring Mike Myers, Elizabeth Hurley, Michael York, Mimi Rogers, Robert Wagner, Seth Green, and Mindy Sterling. With cameos by Will Ferrell and Clint Howard. Yeah, he's in it. (laughs) Why not? Frozen in the 60s. Fine, spring 97, baby. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. All right, casting crew. Starting it off with director, we have Jay Roach. Uh, we know a few of his things. I mean, he did Dinner for Schmucks, Little Fockers, Bruno, Charlie Bartlett, Borat. He's done a well, he's a producer on a lot of these, but he's he's had his ties on a lot of different comedies we know. Um, more recently, he was the producer on Bombshell, that uh, movie about the reporters that came out in 2019. Um, yeah, so he's like a comedic director. He, you know, he's sought after. All right, I'm going to go Mike Myers, obviously, playing Austin Powers, Austin Danger Powers, Man of Mystery. Um, you're going to know him from Saturday Night Live, but just where he's at in his career. We've got Wayne's World, Saw so I Married an Axe Murderer, which is a cult classic. Wayne's World 2, and then we follow this up. There's a little bit of hiatus between 1993 to 1997, and then we explode with Austin Powers. And I think we filled you in. We go all the way to Love Guru, and then we disappear. Yeah, and we've already talked about him enough. I mean, you obviously know who Mike Myers is. Co-starring Elizabeth Hurley. We kind of talked about it, but surprisingly not in as much as we thought. I mean, for sure, Bedazzled in 2000, and then a bunch of just TV and bit parts in movies, but nothing is major... Is that really that it stands out for me, which was is very surprising. I mean, there is quite the filmography here, but not a lot that I recognize. Um, Mimi Rogers plays her mom. You're going to know her as being, um, you know, I just know her for being famous, but I don't know her work the most. I know she dated Tom Cruise for a while in the 90s. Oh, Cameron, she was married to Tom Cruise for a little bit. I know she was married to Tom Cruise for a little bit there. Uh, we have Michael York playing Basil Exposition. Um, I isn't he's like in the original like Clash of the Titans or something, but I can't I don't really know a lot of his other work. He's in Cabaret in seventy two. Like I I think he was like sixties seventies actor more so that I would know him from. But I don't know too much of his stuff. 
All right, Robert Wagner plays number two. Um, he was uh, in Paul Newman's Harper, the Titanic, not the remake, but the original one, the Pink Panther. So they got a guy. He's still alive, doing well. Actually, he's still alive, but he's like 93, and I read a headline recently that he's not doing well. So enjoy well, his movies while he's around. Robert Wagner. Uh, uh, Seth Green plays Scott. Uh, I mean, obviously, we know him from Robot Chicken, The Italian Job. Uh, family guy, uh, obviously those are kind of the big ones, but I mean, he's done a lot of work over the years. I mean, he's in a million other things as well. If you're a fan of this podcast and you made it, you know, to this episode, go back and check out our, um, idle hands episode. Maybe his best role ever. Best one we've done. Mindy Sterling plays Frau Farbissina. Uh, I don't know. I know she's a comedic actress. I don't know a ton of that she's in. She's in Drop Dead Gorgeous, another 90s uh, comedy. I actually watched not too long ago. Minions. Uh, she's on The Goldbergs. A few other things. Family Guy. She's in How the Grinch Soul Clisters. She's definitely a character actor that bounces around. But this is probably my notice, most notable role that I know her from. And that's that's kind of about it for the cast. There are a lot of other little supporting people and some cameos we've mentioned. But that's kind of it for the main supporting roles. Should we move it on to Unverified? Welcome to the cult classic movie phone. It's May 2nd, 1997, and currently in theaters, you could have seen Trial and Error with Jeff Daniels. The Lost World, Jurassic Park, the sequel, you know. 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea with Patrick Dempsey and Michael Caine. I didn't know this movie existed. Is that a 20,000 Leagues oh, Under sorry, the Sea? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was reading verbatim my typo. They're like, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is such a budget. Let's, Let's just take go for 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea. 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea with Patrick Dempsey and Michael Caine. 20,000 Leagues did, Under did, the I Sea. I read it verbatim again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus. <laughs> 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea with Patrick Dempsey and Michael Caine. Third time's a charm. It said, if you're wondering if Cameron's Pavlonian trying to get me to watch 20,000 <laughs> Leagues Under the Sea with like those two fuckers. Was it Michael Caine and, and Patrick Dempsey. Doesn't sound bad. The Fifth Element with Bruce Willis. I've still never seen that one. Oh, or I mean, 2000 Leagues Under it. the Sea. Yeah, you know, there's a lot out there now. Or Father's Day with Robin Williams and Billy Crystal. We saw that on Father's Day for our dad. So we picked that one. Although I do believe we saw this as a movie. As well. I do not remember seeing that, but that's what you could have seen. But instead, you chose Austin Powers. And I think you made Man the right choice. Mystery. Uh, what'd you have for facts on this one? Anything? Um... Just got to spit out the box office. It's not as big as you'd think, but obviously it became like a cable rental hit. Only made $67 million. Yeah, it didn't do good. I already read and verified that it kind of did bad in the box office, but it did really good uh, just on syndication and resale and VHS. That that did shock me. I don't remember how it was advertised at the time, but it's a May 2nd release date, so that's like a good release date. I don't think by any means it was a bomb. Well, I can tell you a little bit why internationally it bombed. This came out theatrically right after Princess Diana died, and already the spirits were well, low. So they are they didn't like the idea of like an American poking fun at the British and like an icon. So I think what movie did I see did really well that year? Oh, um, the Full Monty actually came out the same year. We're and, gonna support it. Yeah, I and mean they, that that's and, a cult classic. And that did huge overseas and especially in England because they wanted something more uplifting and that was you know more culturally just. 
less. It's um, it was unverified, but they do make um, a Doctor Evil is when he's talking about his plots to rule the world mm-hmm. or like get back at the world. One of them was breaking up the royal family. I'm like, didn't Princess die? Just yeah, actually, they took that out of the theatrical release of the UK versions, oh. but they did put it back in the VHS and the later ones. But that was just part of it. They just felt like it was making fun of them and the culture, and it was right after Princess Di died, so everyone was kind of down on it. Okay, I'll I'll start off with the one that we all know. The voice of um, Doctor Evil is infamously an impression of um, Lorne Michaels, mm-hmm. the SNL creator producer, which everybody has of. And I remember hearing that even when it came out. And I but. feel like I also just remember when Mike Myers was talking about this back in the day that like he got the inspiration from this watching British comedies with act with uh, with his family with with people like Peter Sellers and Sir Alec Guinness, and he always wanted to kind of play homage to those old Bond movies for his father. And he did also see he got the idea because he was just flirting with his wife in an English accent. And he was she was just laughing at the lines he was saying. And she's like, you should write that down. And that became his first draft of the script. When I read that, I'm I'm sure this is true of, of many entertainers and especially comedians, but it would be exhausting to be married to him. I assume. I feel like any, like maybe Jim Carrey, anyone who is more of a, what am I looking for? A physical comedian also who it seems like it'd be a little exhausting. Yeah. I just some checking just to see. I think he's still married to his wife, though. So I guess money will keep you there. Um, no, they did. They did divorce in 2006. Oh. And he's since remarried in 2010. Oh. So when the hits stop happening, you're like, maybe it's time for a divorce. Maybe we should maybe freshen I things fucking, up. Maybe I hate being with you. Maybe I don't want to be with Austin Powers. This is the craziest fact about not the movie at the time, but post You're taking movie. it. You're taking yeah. it from me. This is the biggest one. Guys, there's a lot of fun facts like what inspired him, but this really has the craziest fact that we're ever going to read. Cameron, take it so away. So the actor who plays Random Tass, Joe's son, is currently serving a lifetime prison sentence for the torture of a 19-year-old woman in 1990. Uh, he went uncaptured until 2008 when DNA matched him to the crime. Uh, let's see. Why do you think I drink from this crazy straw? Yeah, so, like, I'm just... so the person that throws a freaking shoe... By during filming, had already tortured a girl, but just yeah. the, DNA didn't catch him until what was it? 2000, 2008. So that is crazy. Two thousand eight. I believe it's the um, uh, what 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 are they parodying? Odd Job, and he's called what's his character's name? Uh, Odd Job. No, Random Task. Sorry, Random Task. So he, that's a good. Character. He is imitating Odd Job. Uh, to make it even a little scarier, he is uh, <laughs> serving an additional twenty seven years for murdering his cellmate. <laughs> Murdering his cellmate. Yeah, so he wow. is uh, crazy. So who throws a shoe, honestly? I guess that guy and tortures people and goes to prison. And goes to prison for life. I'm just going to throw this one away. It is a bit of a recasting trickle down and did kind of take it from me. But because I read this, I redid mine. But Mike Myers originally wanted Dr. Evil to be a separate character. And he did have Jim Carrey in mind, who was interested. But he ended up having to pass because of scheduling conflicts with Liar Liar that same year. I think we all worked out. It would have been too much to have them in the movie together. I don't know if they would play it. And should we just both agree that we're taking Jim Carrey off our recasting? Yeah, we are now. Because initially, funny enough, before I read that, that is maybe who I had, who I thought could hone it in enough to have a good character without it being annoying. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I definitely thought that, but I, I assumed that we were all going to see it say that. And then when I read it, I'm like, eh, maybe we just move away from there. Having that said, I may still use Jim Carrey. Stay tuned for we'll find out. casting. 
So this is just kind of fun. The quartermaster clerk, the one with the Swedish-made penis enlarger pump, that whole dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, that's played by Neil Malarkey, who's a member of the Comedy Store Players in Britain. And he had a partnership with Mike Myers for a while, Malarkey and Myers in the 80s. So they were a traveling duo for a bit. So that was like just the fun little oh, shout nice. out to his past guy there. I know Mike Myers did, um, I mean, he's from Canada, but he did a, like a handful of years in Britain before he came back to, oh. to Canada, U.S. and ended up on SNL. And Second uh, City in Chicago. Mike Myers decided not to do a third Wayne's World in 92 so that he could focus on a secret agent comedy, which ended up becoming this one. But people wanted it, and there was going to be a third Wayne's World, but he, out of character for him, declined in order to do something fresh and new. Well, I definitely wouldn't rule out that a third Wayne's World is still in play if somebody will make it. Well, funny enough, I have heard that Austin Powers 4 is in development. <laughs> If you remember the third one, if you remember the third one ended with Scott Evil balding and becoming evil, and those two partners. Oh yeah, I I I do remember that. Uh, Daniel Craig uh, was quoted as saying that Austin Powers ruined the Bond franchise for a period. It pretty much stopped the Pierce Brosnan one because uh, studios didn't know if audiences could take that kind of character seriously anymore after you know a a, a satire movie kind of Mm -hmm. tore apart like the clear cliches but because of that it's why they made casino royale grittier and more realistic they were like we need to ground this again because it can't be those special effects browsing ones but it was also hot that's high praise from daniel craig but they made that dirtier and grittier because Christopher Nolan's like, hey, we can make Batman's awesome, but like, can we do that with James Bond? It's like, you can sure fucking try. I can sure give it want. a go. Yeah, that's probably a little closer to right. Uh, but off of that, I mean, they, they were self-parodying it themselves at that point. It seemed like towards the end of Pierce Brosnan's, they were getting pretty wacky. They were getting pretty, pretty techy, pretty techy. Yeah. Uh, Mike Myers was considering writing a prequel and as the sequel to the first one initially as like a Casino Royale following Austin's rise through like the spy ranks and him meeting Dr. Evil in the Nemesis beginning. But instead, they moved on to obviously the second and the third. But even though they do some time traveling in the second one, I feel like that's how be... we fit. Yeah, that idea. Right, right. So we got the. But it would be kind of fun to have a whole movie set in the 60s. Yeah. But I mean, they, they do have a good hey. portion of it. Yeah, it's a long time, but I'm saying the whole plot and reality. Or wait, are they in the 60s? 70s? They're in the 70s, though, aren't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, because you get... Yeah, the studio, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had for facts. There's a couple crazy ones in there, but this actually did have a big list, and I just had to stop midway through. So if we missed anything major out there, hit us up on social media or email. Else you'll get the tags at the end, but let's move on to questions. Comments. Animosities. Animosities. Welcome back to QCA question, comment, animosity. Just comment. I'm gonna yeah, get sure, start. Go. I'm gonna get started with a comment. This movie, I, I don't think people will know this if they didn't live through it. It was such a huge smash hit culturally. I mean, it became like, especially in our age group, but even for adults, like people quoted the shit out of this. It movie. really was it to the point where it parodied himself and got annoying. But my, it was just God. such an iconic character. I mean, it's still a, a Halloween costume you see sometimes like available. So that's crazy. I mean, it did get three, two other movies. I mean, and now I hear a fourth, but well. that was going to be my first comment. Just that this is maybe one of my favorite nineties comedies, like an iconic nineties movie to me for when I think nineties movies, I think this, I think for some reason, Mars attacks like independence days, like the, well, I don't, I don't know if Mars attacks would be it. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I don't know why though. There's just, those are some of those are just nineties movies that sticks out. And this is up there for comedies for me. This is definitely one of the big budgets. He was 
He was for, you know, his 10-year stint of movies, a franchise in sure himself. Was. And there's other people, like Will Ferrell became one, Ben Stiller, and then, like, you kind of had other offshoots of that. But he was, like, his own thing. Obviously, the Sandman, but I agree. I feel like this I was didn't such know who Will Ferrell exactly was at the time when I saw him in Austin Powers. I can't remember if I could, but... This would be, like, his second year in yeah, SNL, it was very early. and I'm sure people watching it, and we got to remind ourselves of the age... I, I we have to put the disclaimer: the brown face doesn't age well. It's absolutely horrible, but the joke delivery is very, very. Oh, funny. Will, his so, character is so funny. I'm, he I'm comes back. He gets burned. back into the second one with the same damn joke. Essentially, granted, the whole second movie is the same damn joke, but I mean, yeah, that's true. But it it it's it's a joke that works so well. And I gotta say that all of uh, Doctor Evil's supporting cast is pretty funny. Uh, number two. Frau. Um, what's her name? Fav Harbizno. She, um, I read she improved quite a bit of her lines and it, it really no, it's worked. It's hilarious. Yeah, Seth, Seth, My- not Seth Myers. Yeah. Seth Green. There we go. I'm a big Seth Green fan. I think you've probably heard it, but anything he shows up in, I'm like, I like me some Seth Green. Obviously we like robot chicken. Um, I do want to say before, before we make fun of mm-hmm. things, a uh, lot of good gags in here. I, I would say this is borderline a spoof movie, but not all I mean, the kind way. Of, I mean, it very it much kinda, is making fun of specifically Bond, but... It is, but it kind of reminds me the way that Edgar Wright's movies are... It is sort of the genre, just with a lot of that's, jokes. This is more joke-heavy than it is, I would I, That's a good comparison, though, as far as the, the set. You know, you know what one got me, and I just... I knew it was coming, obviously. I've seen the movie a million mm-hmm. times, but I just couldn't stop laughing. Do you want to hear my top yeah. two? And I know these may not be the best jokes or the best lines. I can't not laugh when he's trying to turn his little like oh, heart around. That and one does stuck. get me every time. It actually made me laugh about it. It's, exa- it's when he's looking backwards and he drives into the wall. That one gets me so... Okay. In fact, that, that seems so iconic that I still get call getting like caught in a tight spot. In Austin. I'm like, I've Austin Powers myself. Like That's like the term I use. Yeah. It's the verb. <laughs> What's nice about it, though, now is like, oh, I know this is coming. And he just keeps leaning into it. It's hilarious. Um, two, the no, the oh, guard. Yeah. He's like, move out of the way. It, it's, a, it's a dumb joke, but that, that one feels like borderline um, uh, Mel Brooksian to me. It's, it's a, it's a this good is going to be hard to, to describe, maybe, but I can definitely show you as a visual for us. But I was paying attention more. Just, he has such subtle, like, little surprised facial expressions all the time but in particular it's when he logs on to aol for the first time and sees basil like on the screen and vanessa's drunk and passed out but he just looks over at her like oh look it's basil but then looks back down but like she's <laughs> yeah he's just so excited but she's out already so it's for no one it's it's sort of reminiscent you could see it getting started in his hyper hypo character it's that like little head bob like yeah, look yeah, up exactly. is, is what you're yeah um obviously you, do you want to know something that's um that weird when I was a kid, I'm like, that is a lot of chest hair. But now that I'm an adult, I'm like, that's that's, that's not reasonable. as funny as I once thought it was. That's a reasonable amount of chest hair. I mean, hair, the fact it? that it's like a giant Pangea island going from like the top of his chest down, <laughs> like the shape of it's crazy for sure. It's but a yeah, little I've more, seen, but I definitely used to think. Yeah, I've seen some hairy men now out in the wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's a little more believable. I see one in the mirror nowadays. Uh, Just question. Is there any circumstance where you could see yourself cryogenically freezing yourself? We say the technology's there. You and your wife, let's say your future kids, they're like, hey, we're all going to freeze ourselves. We're going to see what's up in 200 years. Um, Only if they're... I thought about this with Megan. One, the only people I feel like I've heard have really done it is uh, Walt Disney, but I don't know if that's True. true. 
and the baseball player Ted Williams from like the 40s. Yeah, and I was heard that too for some reason. He might have done something. Anyway, I don't know why anybody would do it towards the end of their life. You want to what? Come back. I think for the hope is when they do bring you back, we can reverse aging and like we like we're gonna upload you to a robot kind of vibe, you know, something like that. Oh, uh, I got you. Well, here's here's how that goes. It's like, oh, if you were only 40 years younger, we could have really done something. Like, yes, we could have uploaded you, but you're... Or it's the Tomorrow War, so and they no, wake the up answer... like, thank God, we need soldiers. Quick, the robots took over. <laughs> there it is. We've got a whole clone army of you, but you're oh, going to lead them. Thank God we found another freezer full of these dumb shits. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the only way I could see myself, Meg and I were actually talking about it a little bit, was, uh, I don't know, like... If I was going to go to prison or something, like you could go to prison or we could freeze you and see what happens and use oh, it in the future. I think there's a movie like that out now. Uh, just comment. Mimi Rogers. It, would, would you? Would you? Would I you? would need my wife and my wife to do it with me now. I mean, now I can't have a Futurama situation where I fall in the freezer. And now I'm going on shenanigans like hundreds um, of years in the future. Just a sidebar. As much as I love... Um, adult centric mm-hmm. comedies uh cartoons like that i just futurama's never hit for me for you know I've, and i've tried I will say a lot this, i've never found it particularly funny but i do like watching it in the back it is like a comfort watch for me where i can put it on the background you know oh i can put it on the background and not pay attention to it for sure but i could do that with an touché, infomercial touche i'll give you my undermost underrated sidebar it's King of the Hill. If you give that the time and you don't have a lot of other options, it is going to grow That's on true. you. That's true. It's a good show. Damn it, Bobby. It's funny. Uh, just comment. Damn it, Bobby. Mimi Rogers is great casting for Elizabeth Hurley's mother. They look a pretty pretty similar. I'd say it's as close to, if you go back and listen to, if it's still up, our... Oh, no. Um, the League of Their Own one is perfect. That's the best freak. A League of Their Own That's is the, the best most. casting I've baffling. ever seen from old to young. I mean, God. It is true. But no, Mrs. Kensington. Yeah, I do think they were yeah, pretty My well. recasting didn't do as well as that. But how? what do you think the age difference was between them in the time? Couldn't have been crazy. Like 15 years? I don't know. Less? Probably like 30? No. You think? I think Mimi Rogers. Uh, I mean, I can look this up, but it's going to take nah, me a we'll lot. we'll figure it out later. Uh, jo- okay, we'll just do this real quick. Mimi Rogers is 66 years old. Oh, you're going to be quite a bit yeah, closer. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because they're supposed to be playing around the same age, around the same time that they're being shown at the beginning with Mimi Rogers like as his partner. You know what I mean? Oh, Elizabeth Hurley's 57 years old. Wow. Yeah, I was about to say, they're probably pretty damn close in age. Just about a 10 years difference. So I apologize. Yeah, they both kept... They, I did read that, that both Mimi Rogers and Elizabeth Hurley... I don't know if it was contractual. They both are like, hey, we want to keep these leather suits that you made for us. And they're like, okay. Oh, yeah, I read that too. They both kept their spy suits from the film. I would too. I would try to take any wardrobe from anything I've worked on. Uh, Just another comment, just as far as some of the gags go. The pee gag always got me at the beginning with the reanimation scene. And also the penis pump. Just the recall, the the callback with the penis pump was always hilarious. I'll even extend it. I think the whole reanimation scene's hilarious. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Like from start to finish, every step. The whole, like, I, I can't control the volume of my voice. Like, That's a bit recycled from SNL, but, I mean, it's still funny. It's still true. I mean, I think it's true to most SNL actors who make movies, especially during that time. You'll re, um, reuse, you know, some of the stuff that got you there. But I mean, it's your characters a lot of the time. And, I mean, Dr. Evil actually hit really hard for me this viewing. His oh, offhanded I mean, comments, especially during the therapy scene, which I completely forgot about, when he explains what it was like to grow up in Obalveria or wherever the hell he, that, that really hit hard. 
Oh, also, I kind of forget now, but all the father-son duos in there were from notable 90s commercials at the time of father-son. I did find that unverified. I just didn't write it down. But so they were all notable father-son commercials at the time. And then I suppose there's... um... Uh, a cameo, I guess you would say. Oh, uh, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. I was wondering if this is another situation where she she's involved an, in it has an uncredited ghostwriter or something. Because like I feel like a third of the movies we've done, it's been like, and Carrie Fisher's uncredited, but she punched up the script for this movie, so she's involved at least. So that's cool. So another six degrees of Kevin Bacon of Carrie Fisher touching this movie. It's weird. Yeah, maybe we'll just make that a category. Is Carrie Fisher involved with the movie? Although I've heard that um, Mike Myers is a little, a lot of bit of a control control freak, so. Maybe he. Uh, I did hear the director of Wayne's World uh, said he was a nightmare to work with. But then <laughs> after she's after they saw Austin Powers, they said, "You know what? He is a comedic genius. I forgive him for how he treated me on Wayne's World." Which I don't think that equates. I don't think to you same. need to forgive. I mean, I think two things can be true. I think you can be a creative genius and a nightmare, and they probably yeah, go. And, side I mean, to and side. I'm pretty. I mean, I, I I can separate art from artistry, and I can still be like, "Wow, Austin Powers was a great movie." Mike Myers was a dick to me 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, Fuck I, that guy, you know? Yeah, don't suck That's up fine. to him just because he makes hits. Um, I suppose one comment you would make about Mike Myers the Asker, it's like a double-ended sword. His genius is his downfall. It's like you got to just give up characters. And you Have can you seen this new thing, the Pantaverse or the Paniverse? No, but it's mainly because anybody, that, they're just ragging on him and they said it's not good. And it's yeah. maybe... He's, he's aged out of his... what his sharpness and he's too culturally inappropriate or something like that appropriation, mm. which you can kind of see a little bit of this in the disguise when they go to Voltrek or whatever that thing is. And he's dressed up as an Indian guy. And then obviously your favorite movie, the love guru probably hasn't aged. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's gotten pretty weird. Uh, not my favorite movie, but I have seen it more than once. Uh, again, I worked at a movie theater, hairless cats. What are your thoughts on hairless animals in general? I feel like we do have to talk about Mr. Bigglesworth, whose real name was, I forget Mrs. Now. Bigglesworth. I don't know what it was. Um, uh, hot takes here. This may oh, get it was a... Ted Nugent. Nugent. Uh, um, this will get a little graphic. I've thought about it. Uh, my wife Megan, she doesn't like pets for the uh, hair purposes. For the uh, why am I blanking? Shedding. Hair purposes for the shedding purposes, right? So I'm like, well, what about a hairless cat? She's like, oh no, that's gross. I'm like, well, they'd still purr. They'd probably still be cuddly, and it's just like petting. A little graphically, a ball sack. And I'm not against that, you know, just a warm <laughs> ball sack. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. We've all felt balls. But, you know, I'm glad that they get love, too, and that there are people out there that seem fine with it, like my wife. So that's great. Um, I do want to make a comment. I think the I I probably wouldn't have given it credit, but the production value, uh, much like an Edgar Wright movie, they just nailed the genre. They're obviously parodying for the most part, I feel like, you know. James Bond, but other, yeah. but other 60 spy movies. And I don't know the references enough to get all of them um, outside mm-hmm. of like Dr. Evil and Odd Job, whatever they're calling Odd Job in this one, who is the actor in prison for oh, a murder. Life. Yeah. Um, anyway, they, re- the, especially the end scene where they're, um, they're putting the missile into the ground. It, they just, I just really like the way it looks and I think they nailed it. Do you like your quasi-futuristic spacesuits? I, I, I designed them myself. I mean, just to go back to even with Dr. Evil's in like, like that hazmat suit and he keeps slipping on the slipping chair, around. it's not yeah. necessary, but it's refreshing to see. But again, I, I could see Jim Carrey doing a lot of those physical gags. You know, as long as his character wasn't too much, I could have worked. Yeah, we definitely could. You could see Jim Carrey in an aspect of this. I mean, they both did, if we're, if we're playing this, one did... K 
Cat in the Hat. The other did The Grinch Stole Christmas. So there, Ooh, and one worked out way better. So maybe, maybe, maybe let maybe Ron Howard direct one of them, and yep. you got a better chance. Couldn't hurt. Um, but but when he's little, falling down yeah. in that hazmat suit. It got me. It's just you don't need the joke. I do. Re- it's refreshing to see a movie. His that physical was just humor sweet. got me more than the actual like comedic lines this time. Then more uh, when I was a kid, I feel like I laughed more at the silly, silly wordplay. But I think it's also we we're going back. It's like we know all the lines are going to come, but we've That's we've true. forgotten or we we you know we've zoned out that part of the movie that is really funny. Um, what do you think about Elizabeth Hurley in it? I like her. She's kind of in the. It could be a lot of people, but she she reacts well though. She I mean I feel like she does better in later movies like Bedazzled as a comedic role, but I think she is good. I, but I think Elizabeth Hurley does have comedic timing. I think she's she does not maybe a great actress, but she's entertaining. I believe she started as like a legitimate model, so maybe we can say best model turned model actress. actress. Comedic, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I hundred percent. Honestly, in my mind, I'm like, oh, she must be in so many movies. I know because I'm like, no, it's just Austin Powers and Bedazzled. Really, two thousands Brendan Fraser Bedazzled. Think of another movie with her. I'm looking at her filmography. Huh. I guess that might be about it. Just nothing. Two- just cameo. Nothing. She was just a model, and that's why I know her so well. No, we don't know her from being a model. Uh, we know her from Austin Powers, being famous for the time, and then Bedazzled. Wow. I mean, she's in a handful of movies, just nothing we would necessarily recognize her from. Yeah. Huh. That is blowing my mind a bit right now. <laughs> I know, but, you know, Bedazzled was probably on TNT a lot. Uh, I just wa- I've watched Bedazzled three times this year, maybe. Well, <laughs> no I, joke. <laughs> I, I guess, spoiler alert, look forward to us finally getting every Get Brendan Fraser movie we can. I would do Bedazzled. I'd love to. We'll, we'll maybe save that for the fall or something. Um, just animosity. I don't think I'd feel safe going on Austin 60s Arrow jumbo jet. I think, well, granted, I don't know how, how often they are looking at jets nowadays because I feel like we're always having airline problems. But uh, let's uh, let's take a new, let's take a different, let's just take a commercial flight. Mike Groovy jumbo jet. Yeah, baby. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go on another. I'm surprised it's a jet aeroplane even in 67, you know? That's true. That had to be early, early jet aeroplanes. Somebody actually had to physically land that. Ah, yeah. You're thinking, though, he's international man of mystery. They got some tech, maybe. Maybe that was one, the first. That one made me think of, how did he afford a jumbo jet? Like, that's amazing. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. I don't know what an international man of mystery. But jets are still expensive. I mean. Maybe he got a good deal about it. I don't know. Maybe Maybe the government paid for it i'm not quite sure hmm. oh well i'd be remiss if we didn't mention i i think we didn't put it uh in the trailer it will be in our cast and crew but uh tom arnold iowa homegrown we're from iowa originally tom arnold makes an appearance and it's 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 a shit joke but i'm happy for him that's where he belongs that's his lane it's a good cameo for tom but arnold. Now, give him hell like he doesn't have to be in there but i'm happy for him might be my Jesus favorite Tom Arnold. What the hell did you eat? It's <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it made me laugh a lot as a kid. Yeah, I was just happy to see him. You know, you know what aged weird? It's just how old Vegas looks in 1997. I know oh, funny it is enough, about 30 years ago. I did think ago. that. I'm like, oh yeah, that just like that seems the oldest thing of this movie right now is like, them showing Vegas. Yeah, yeah, it really aged oddly. You know, but kind of again, kind of nice though. Look, it was nice to see. So just comment a little animosity, just plot wise. Actually, again, this is a comedy. It's it's hard to find a lot of faults with it, other than I mean, obviously things have aged differently. But Vanessa gives up on her morals so quickly, and like one hotel stay of getting drunk from like, okay, I'm kind of in love with him, and then same thing, she just completely gives up on her principles again when she's like, oh, you cheated on me? Nah, fuck it, I forgive you. You're dope. 
Um, yeah, I did. I did recognize that as a as an adult. I'm like, oh, really? You just just like that? You turned. And I don't even think she was attracted to Austin Powers in any way. But it does he has his way with the women's. It just seems like he's pushy, and eventually he breaks people down. Persistent, yeah. Um, which is aged weird. Yeah, which which I thought it would. Right. Yeah, but it didn't take away from the viewing at all. Because, I mean, the whole point of the movie no, is to say that he is a well, man out of his time. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they're actually pointing the light at it that this is how people were in the 60s and that's aged out. But give it another 30 years from that, you're like, oh, I guess even your plot line in the 90s is aged out. Um, I, I must say that a lot of Hashina, big joke for me at however old I was in, in 1997, 11, huge joke. That hit couldn't miss. <laughs> a lot of a giant like he, he he got us he got he got me then and then he got you again in the sequel in the third with i think the same joke with just a different kind of name i don't remember what they are anymore but i remember no. fuck you and fuck me but oh yeah i love gold that's all i'll talk about that 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 still works <laughs> um why were there so many steamrollers in that air hang, air hanger looking facility at dr evil's pl- at, at at vulcan at what voltron what i forget their name of their Company now. Biotech? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. What was the purpose of all those steamrollers that killed that guard? Granted, I know all the companies he listed, and all I can remember is volatile chemicals, but... Um, when they went on the tour, I, I don't remember the actor's name, but the tour guide, the redheaded tour guide in that he's, really, he, he's a familiar 90s face. He, yeah. he shows up, but he, he killed it. He knocked it out of the park for me. That might be I his biggest role, I'll say, if, at least for me. Also, I mean, just again, comedy, animosity, but how do you not see them walk away from the tram and then like go into the bathroom? And I mean, it's Bolton here. We've got a problem. How did you, how do you not see exactly what happened? Yeah, I, I assume that they would have seen it the whole time. I don't know. They, they found him. They got him. They captured him. Uh, I feel like just another memorable line. Always Scott kills it at the end with like, I have a gun in my room. I can, it's like, it's no big deal right now. Bam, dead, done. That whole scene might be the biggest parody point that like hit with me this viewing. They point out Dr. Eve is like, no, I'm going to put him in, in an easy, escapable way and then assume everything works out. It's like, I can get a gun right now. Bam. Boom. Done. You're right. That, that I just reiterated what you said, but uh, yep. yeah, <laughs> that fucking hits for me. And uh, I like it quite a bit. Uh, just comment on this. The credits rocked on this in theatrical release and VHS. This one just had, at least in the version I watched on like the Amazon streaming, just had like the BBC one, BBC two, and some of the songs and stuff. But it, and I remember in the VHS thing, it still had like it had that security guard who died with a steamroller. It had like his family learning about it, and like it had a bunch of other just special kind of things that aren't now in the digital versions, but always. But no, some of it um, so specifically the when the henchman family finds out that he died they're like he died mm-hmm. a hero i love that that i do miss extra credit scenes i guess the only ones that do it now are marvel movies to be like hey we're gonna make another one's like oh are you yeah we fucking kind know. of yeah <laughs> well why can't you make it a little funnier we know you're gonna make another one make it make light us up with a joke you know and a light us up with the smoke they used to and it was with stan lee but now he's dead r.i.p gone and someday forgotten but not yet uh let's move it on to recasting recasting Recasting. Did you have a Frau Farbissena? No. Uh, 
Go and I'll come up with one. Okay. I, I kind of actually kind of like mine. Catherine Hahn. She's in The Good. She's in Step Brothers. She's like the uh, the brothers the brothers' wife that's like trying to come on to John C. Riley. You know, I really do like Catherine Hahn, but there's not necessarily one role I would pick for her. I just enjoy her most things. I do too, but I think she could do a good character of like an evil spy in this one. I think she would be a good villain. Madeline Kahn. Okay. Um, of the Mel Brooks era, you know, yeah, can't go wrong of the world part one. Yeah, it, it's a very similar role, but I think she would obviously kill it. Uh, did you have a number two? Um, not a good one. I'm going to go Fred Willard. Okay. Uh, I was actually going to put him somewhere, but, but I didn't know where. I, w- I just shot for the stars. I'm just going Timothy Dalton, but specifically hot fuzz Timothy Dalton when he's the fun runner and the shop storekeeper, you know? I mean, that's great. You can't go wrong there. Yeah. I'm not going to argue. You, you I mean, he me. is Bond, though. I mean, it's a little too big, maybe. Well, but it also might be a nice... I, I, I think that that proves that it's not. I think it'd be a nice... It's more of a nod. More of a like, nice little wink, having him being like a... Uh, who am I looking for? Who's in Shaun of the Dead as the dad? Um, Bill Knightley. Kind of like a Bill Knightley whimsical funniness to it, almost. Well, no, what I'm saying, though, if you had somebody who was a Bond oh, in your Bond spoof, yeah, it's, nice it's, it's just like a more fun nod, is, is, is what I'm saying. Did you have a Basil? No, go ahead. Eric Idle. Monty Python. Monty Python. He's in Casper, the friendly ghost. He's the he's the person breaking in with the bitch carrot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that would work for sure. I was actually going to put my Simon Pegg there. Just let him kind of oh, okay. have fun with it. That would be fun. Uh, did you have a Scott? Yeah, this one I actually feel pretty good about. Okay. I think it'd almost be close to age appropriate, but maybe it'd be a little too old. But Ben Stiller would kill that role. Yeah, that'd actually be pretty good. That as much as I like Seth Green and I, you know, this is kind of his role, I think Ben Stiller would be great. <laughs> Just very uncomfortable. Like, see what I mean? He's doing it now. <laughs> doing it now, yeah. <laughs> That'd be like, I'd almost be more fun if he was playing like a teenager as a 28-year-old, <laughs> a 30-year-old. I, I'd be fine with that all around. Uh I did Adam Scott. Maybe it was the Scott that got me. He's from Parks and Rec. He's he kind of yeah, plays I the same you. straight, annoyed character a lot, you know. Yeah. You would know him as most recently. I mean, obviously Parks and Rec was his big one, but he's in that new um new fucking hbo show anyway directed by ben stiller i think oh don't know what you're talking about uh, severance severance oh that sounds familiar yeah uh did you have a mrs kensington the uh the mother yeah go ahead let's I just don't. do this and then vanessa maybe because i could see either of these re- like you know being re- replaced but for my mrs kensington i did rose Byrne bridesmaids um oh yeah yeah that's actually perfect she could be even vanessa that's what i'm vanessa, saying but for yeah. my vanessa i did kate beckinsale oh you do like kate beckinsale i love kate beckinsale i had a crush on her as a kid but i could see either rose Byrne or kate beckinsale playing the vanessa maybe rose Byrne would be the better modern version of that now um yeah probably plus she is like truer to that form of comedic slash true that's true she's a comedic actor so i did too I did one for the time. I don't know if she can do a British accent, but if she can't, we'll rewrite it just like we did for all the other ones. Mm-hmm. I think Vivica A. Fox during this time was just somebody Jordan had a crush on was a smoke show and could have been in that movie. Okay. But Or if you just want like a similar, I would have gone Keira Knightley. Okay, sure. That works too. Yeah. Mm, I think I killed my two. Mm, I'm feeling yeah, real good about it's, that. It's better than mine. Uh, my Ben Stiller one was good. Yeah, I did that was put really good. That one. Did you split up your Austin Powers, Doctor Evil, or is it one in the same? Had to do one in the same, right? I split it up because I read that Jim Carrey thing, but I can, but I do have a one in the no, same. No, go ahead, dude. So I have. Um... Okay, so here's the one thing. I this person I think could work maybe as a Doctor Evil, but not as Austin Powers, and I said Will Forte. 
as just a weird. I was thinking of Will Forte just because he could commit yeah, to something. That's what I'm thinking. Is it's more so as the evil character. So, but it, it definitely doesn't feel like. Um, I do think actually Jim Carrey could have killed playing the evil character as well. Well, I'll, I'll admit that I was going to put Jim Carrey just he seems like a dual actor role. Same. Can I say one that just popped up to me that I I didn't have it, but Will Forte spurred me? Sure. What about a Bill Hader here? I thought about it actually, yeah. Just but I did him last week, so I'm trying to keep it fresh. Better better Doctor Evil though, right? Yeah, for sure. But hear me out. Here's someone I think could do both roles. But here's my Austin, Steve Carell. Yeah, of course. He's I mean, he did like get smart, like a sort of spoof. It would be his and Steve Despicable Carell version. Me. He already does like a Groot oh, evil thing. Yeah. So I've combined kind of things he's done and then made it one. So for a person that I I'm like, oh, just a dual role character that was doing this during the time. Mm-hmm. Toss in Eddie Murphy, see what he can do. I thought about Eddie but, Murphy, actually. I truly think that this would be great, and I know I overuse him, but I'm going to say Philip Seymour Hoffman, because he's funny as shit. He can play evil. I think he could play evil funny. I interestingly thought about that. Funny that you said it. I, I like that a lot. I actually, for most of the people, I, I didn't think of a good British person. I could have done like the Edgar Wright crew. Mm-hmm. And even in my head, I'm like, man, I wish Edgar Wright directed this movie. It'd be like slightly better, but still, hey, still great. Maybe he'll do the fourth reboot that they're doing. Uh, that's all I had for recasting. I actually really didn't see a lot of what ifs other than the Jim Carrey thing. Do you want to move it on to Mount Rushmore? Top four. Mount Rushmore. Top four. All right, for this Mount Rushmore, we're doing huge comedic fails. Uh, we're not doing Mike Myers in particular, but, you know, we have a few obvious contenders for him. I'm just going to take it first. I think my number one contender of movies that are a pretty big comedic fail, and I'm going to say it's The Love Guru. I'm actually going to put Mike Myers in my number one spot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was officially the end of his... And and obviously, a lot of the people we're going to say have had long careers past this but that was pretty much that hurt him it wasn't good that movie hurt his career quite a bit i'm not gonna lie it's mostly adam sandler and mike myers kind of on my list here's the thing about i i as i'm looking at this list adam sandler has a lot of misses and he makes a lot of friendly family ones and dumb ones like jack and jill's on my list awful but you can't stop the sandman Hey, but let's not take any more. Is that your number two? Because you just took one off the market. No, I'm going to give you one that is a comedic movie or intended to be. Not with comedians, but I don't think it gets brought up enough. And it's stuck on you, starring Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear. The Farley Brothers movie? That is such a miss. I can't believe they had careers after that. Like, that movie's so bad. And I get why they would try to work with the Farley Brothers who did, like... um, uh, um, something about Mary and like those raunchy comedies, but it was such a miss that we're just lucky that we. Uh, I completely forgot it exists until you just. I don't want to, s- but we actually saw that in the theater. Oh, I know, as a family, because we were like, "Oh, Matt Dave in a comedy, Farley Brothers, we'll give it a try." Just such a miss. Uh, and then I've uh, got a more. I'm gonna nominate. I'm gonna nominate one that you uh, we watched with our father. We just took a took a spin on something random the happy time murders with melissa mccarthy it's the it's like a murder mystery with puppets but it's overly raunchy but with like for raunchy sake lean to take place of the humor and it was just an uncomfortable watch with our father it, it was well just it wasn't it uncom- wasn't the necessarily what i was uncomfortable was i pushed everybody to watch it and it just didn't work not that the raunchiness sure. was happening it's just the jokes were just fell flat and i have to say this 
a lot of comedians, if you're as famous as Melissa McCarthy, Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, even Will Ferrell nowadays, you only have so long where you can be like in your pocket like a decade. And this is true of most actors. That you have sure. to pivot or whatever, but th- those that was definitely a miss. I'll give you one that I'm surprised doesn't get brought off in today's climate. Shallow Hal was so bad. Oh, yeah. That was pretty really bad, bad. But I did watch it a lot on HBO when it was on at the time. Yeah, because it had been Stiller and, and you it, were 10. And it Sorry, Jack good. Black and you were 10. I thought that's what you're going for. So just now that we've listed our four, just to list off a few others, this isn't a comedic one, but I feel like the movie Geely deserves some cred. Ben, ben Affleck and... Uh, and Jennifer, oh my Jennifer God, Jennifer Lopez, J Lo. Jennifer hey. Lopez, J Lo. I was going to say Jennifer Love Hewitt. But Jeez. in defense of that, that one gets so panned. It, you know, it's kind of like it's it's but become its point, only it's thing. I wouldn't say that, but you know, these other We've ones have been forgotten, and and those are all you know. We already brought up Cat in the Hat, Mike Myers, just to name <laughs> another one of his flops. You know, Adam Sandler one that one that people forgot about. Uh, don't mess with the Zohan, that one where he was like an Israeli hairstylist. That was terrible. Yeah, I mean, he makes the people make a lot of bad movies, but the the me, don't mess with the Zohan's on another level. It, yeah, it, 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 unlike anybody else we're naming, it it seemed it seemingly ended his career for a while. Even though we do forget during this whole time he was making Shrek movies and like making bank and shit like that. Who Mike Myers? Yeah, or Adam Sandler? No, Mike Myers. Oh, we, I feel like you just switched. T- no, switched I'm saying. There. Oh, I used, uh, sorry, the love guru truly like for a while, his live action career, people are like, we're done on Mike Myers, right? Oh, true. It really was done, but you're right. He did still have, I mean, he still had four Shreks and, and again, even I listed Eddie Murphy, but Eddie Murphy was making Shrek during that time. That's true. And maybe he'll, I mean, nobody's completely done as long as you don't get me too now. Mystery men. With Ben Stiller, that one, you know, I've tried to watch again recently, but that one just failed for me too. So there's difference between missing the mark and career enders, and and the only one we've come True. up with, and it's not a total career ender. The Love Guru was like the end of Mike Myers. I I'm surprised Will Ferrell hasn't had like a complete end, but you know he's pitted off. A lot like, of people are saying that last uh, Sherlock Holmes and Watson one was, that was it. it. That was definitely the end. Apparently of- that 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 was on a lot of these lists that I saw, but I actually didn't see it. So. Maybe I just won't, so that it just ha- won't end for me. You Again, know? I got to reiterate, if you haven't seen it, don't. But stuck on you, watch the trailer, just so we all know that it did happen. Let us know some other comedians out there, some of their big swings and misses. But if you like what you heard, make sure you like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening to our take on Austin Powers. Uh, we are just a grassroots podcast, so it would really help if you could write a review, uh, rate, and subscribe. All that good stuff that would help us move up in the listings. If you like what you heard and want more content, you can listen to all the other good things coming up from the Majestic Jam Network, Urban Hermit, I'm Not Crazy. And also check out the Highwire podcast for all that good music stuff. We'll check you next time. Bye. Bye.